0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: For the uh, term that comments, do you smoke a pipe? <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe not the pipe you're thinking of in this case of uh, no. Have you ever smoked a conventional Like who? When you think of somebody smoking a pipe, I think of uh, Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. That is a uh, he's number one at the top of the list. He's right there. Kurt Doubt, Representative Doubt, Republican, is with us. Former Speaker, former Minority Leader, still on this show. Before I get into the budget, you are required to jump in on this Turtleneck controversy, which has broken out my gal purchased a turtleneck for me I like it Dave Harrigan thinks it's awful uh, Kurt doubt who I, I view as a man of a fine fashion pro or con on a turtleneck you know I
2: I think they're fine I actually have a turtleneck sweater that I thought would be really great and I thought I would wear it a lot but I find myself not wearing it because I, I don't know if you don't wear them regularly I think it's not comfortable around your neck yeah um, but don't you don't you think that they're uh, wearing turtlenecks and smoking pipes over at the governor's residence.
1: <laughs> are you? Are you? As you're talking to us right now, as a <laughs> seasoned representative, do you have a? Do you have a pipe and maybe a a velvet jacket on right now? You know? <laughs> I do not. I do not. I <laughs> and, just, and slippers. out of
2: my commerce committee to come and talk to you. So. <laughs>
1: All right. Uh, how long have you hated children? Because I don't think you're for the governor's uh, proposal where he wants to make this. The greatest state in the nation for children is curved out against children. Is that what you're telling me? Are there, a... are,
2: there, are there betting odds on this? I'm not, I'm not sure. Um, you know, I, I think I, I applaud the governors for wanting to do something. But, you know, unfortunately, uh, there's not a lick of accountability in this. There's nothing to, to actually hold anyone accountable for greater outcomes for kids. Um, you know, I, there are some things in here, I would just, you know, in a bipartisan effort, there are some things in here that I support. Um, but I think just, you know, what we've learned over the last 30 plus years is throwing more money at a problem without, uh, additional language of accountability or creativity on on programming to come up with, with better results uh, has not resulted in lowering achievement gaps or, or giving us better results. And um, I, I will start with saying this is just an outline that we've received. We, we yeah, basically right. received the same thing that the press got. Um, what we always wait for at the Capitol is to see the bills introduced and to see what the spreadsheets look like. That'll tell us where the money is really going and what the governor's really doing. Um, and and once we see the language, we'll see are there are there actual uh, provisions in here that will you know hold schools accountable for better outcomes. Um, and I think unless you unless you tie some of this funding or incentivize better outcomes. You know, that, that, that's how you find yourself, Chad, in a situation where you have the highest achievement gap in the country. And and I, I still think that's the most un-Minnesotan thing. And I think it's one of the biggest problems that faces our state right now. Okay. And I don't I'll I'll be honest with you. I don't see this proposal by the governor solving that problem. This is just more of the same.
1: OK, I agree with you on the achievement gap. But I think you'd agree with me. This is this is taking place under Republicans. This is taking place under Democrats. Yeah. This is in cities. This is in rural area. So. I give you the opportunity, I give you a blank canvas. I want you to give me three things that you believe that the governor should include in the budget and it would pass where we would see significant progress made on what is an atrocious part of our state. I'm with you. The achievement gap. What what would close yeah. the gap? You know, I think
2: I think tying this to literacy, basically making sure that we've got kids reading at grade level, by the third grade and really investing in that. When we did that quite a few years ago, we saw real meaningful results. Um, He's got a proposal in here to expand uh, pre-K. It's not totally universal, but it says in his proposal, 25,000 eligible children into a mixed delivery pre-K program, Um, a public school pre-K program. The data is really clear on this. Um, There is a much better solution to do pre-K scholarships. We had this debate back uh, I don't know, five or six years ago with Governor Dayton. Um, and, and the data was really clear when we invested in the pre-K scholarships where the parents got to take that money and give it to a, 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 a institution to, to educate their kid of their choice. Um, we saw better outcomes. And, and in, in a lot of cases, they, they put their kid into a preschool program where they had a a daycare component before and after, and an educational component in the middle of the day, and that also helped them, so they could be at work and and provide for their family and, and have a more successful outcome. So um, there's a couple I could probably keep going if you want, but I mean those are a couple of real specific examples. I also think he's got some stuff in here that I think we need to do. One of them is uh, increasing the child care assistant program rates, um, you know the CCAP rates. Uh, we're having trouble with child care centers closing, and and mm-hmm. you know he's addressing that in this bill. I think that's that's admirable. Um, but we're also at a point in our state where we've got a 17 plus billion dollar surplus. Um, and I think we see in this budget, you know, the Democrats have been talking for years about fully funding education. So I'm gonna assume that with a $17 billion budget, and this is the governor's proposal, that this will fully fund education. So now I'm eager to see what kind of outcome, and if he actually changes the outcomes for our students with this program. And I, I think we both know the answer uh, to that already.
1: But does it have to be – I use this phrase occasionally, perfect shouldn't be the enemy of good, right? If notable progress is made and it doesn't get us all the way to where we want, but you can yeah. tangibly see uh, what has now happened, let's say, in 2025 is better than it was in 2018, shouldn't Governor Walls and the Democrats feel like, hey – we told you these ideas would work, and here's some tangible proof.
2: Well, we'll we'll be watching, right? I I think that's a fair statement to make, and um, you know, and I think when we look in the past, we haven't always had this sort of a you know, this is the largest surplus by like double that we've ever had in the state of Minnesota. So if you if you really want to put that money to a good place, and and um, you know make sure that we're solving one of the biggest problems facing the state uh tackling that achievement gap is a a noble noble thing that we should be doing um but i think what we're seeing in this budget is not you know and we'll see when the bills come out but i think what i'm what i'm failing to see right now is actual proposals that will um you know create accountability and create better student achievement um and 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 kind of more of the mistakes that we've made in the past that haven't worked which is Let's just funnel more money in. And, and Chad, I, I think you enjoy talking to me because I'm brutally honest, you know, and, and candid. I think one of the problems is we have the most powerful teachers union in the country. And I love our teachers. I served for a dozen years with one of my high school teachers here in the legislature. Um, we have great teachers, but the union itself, their only answer is just funnel more money in and and more money has not yet solved the problem. So we have to be creative. And it's, it's, you know, in addition to just spending money, we've got to really solve these problems and, and give kids the, 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 the choices they need. And, and if that means, in the Minneapolis Public School District, where a, where a student has less than a 50% chance of graduating from high school, if they're a low-income or minority student, less than 50%, um, if that means letting their parents put them into a charter school or a private school, uh, we should support that. Um, and that's actually going to make the public school better, because it's going to hold the public school accountable. And if they want to keep kids, they're going to have to come up with a better result, because right now, they don't have to, and they're going to keep getting money, right? They're going to keep getting the, funded, and we're going to keep putting money into a failing system.
1: And I know that's a debate and there's a lot of data on both sides, but knowing the governor uh, has not only his position, but has the House and Senate on his side. Those ideas just aren't going to happen this year, are they?
2: You know, but we should. Right. We should roll up our sleeves. We should all work together and we should follow data and invest in what has shown to work in other states and, and shown to work here like that, that program that i talked about where we invested in pre-k scholarships and we actually did a little pilot program when when governor dayton was governor and i was speaker we funded a certain amount into pre-k and a certain amount into it was kind of a a pre-k pilot program and in public schools and then we funded into pre-k scholarships and the results in those pre-k scholarships were 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 much much better and and that's what we've seen not only here in minnesota but across the country so unfortunately the teachers union doesn't like that because those uh educators in those uh Alternative situations aren't union teachers, so they don't collect union dues. And, and that's, you want me to be brutally honest, mm-hmm. that's what's driving their, their desire to just funnel more money into, into education. That's, I mean, that's what universal pre-K is completely about. It's, it's having well, like 8% it's a, more dues-paying union members in the teachers' union. That's what it's about.
1: It, I, I think the union <laughs> loves it, but I think there are people that are Democrats who genuinely believe it helps, all right?
2: I I would say, but when you look at the data on investing in a pre K program in a public school versus giving a scholarship, and by the way, we didn't limit it. The scholarships can, the parent can choose to put that kid into a public school program with that scholarship. We weren't discriminating against public schools, we were just letting the parent choose. And it actually just worked a lot better for the parents to put them into one of these daycare programs where they had a, a daycare component at the beginning and the end of the day with education and preschool in the middle because it allowed the parent to just drop them off in the, in the morning and go to work and then come back and their kid was cared for all day and we weren't busting them for half a day to a public school and a bus that wasn't meant for four-year-olds, right? And it's not a safe situation. There's just a lot of problems with that with that pre-K uh, program. And, and yes, I, I agree with you though. I think there are Democrats that believe that will work and it will help. And it's probably better than doing nothing. It's just not the best thing that we can do and the data is clear about that.
1: Okay, I've got about 96 96- seconds left uh last thing here i've compared you to nancy pelosi many times you know that um she leaves her leadership (laughs) position you leave your leadership position you decided not to i mean you wanted to be speaker again the results just didn't turn out that way instead of pursuing you know minority leader why did you just uh, go back and decide just to be a representative much like your your good friend nancy pelosi
2: yeah, it's, you know, it's the way that I started. I, I served 10 years in, in leadership and, and, you know, I don't know if this will be my last term potentially, maybe, but but I think there's an opportunity for a former leader to be in the chamber and to take on the role of a statesman um, and work on some issues. And I care a lot about the institution. I care a lot about the state. Um, I've learned a lot in the process. I served, you know, six years as minority leader and four years as Speaker of the House. I worked with a couple of different governors and and I've learned a lot in that process And and I want to be helpful. Uh, to try to make this place work better and function better, uh, and I think that's the you know that's what we all should kind of strive for. But I think somebody who's got that experience, who can be a little bit of a statesman, maybe has a little better opportunity um, to to impact that. So I've I've reached out to the current speaker and let her know that I want to work on those kinds of issues, and and she's uh, vowed to take me up on that. And I think we're going to work on some stuff to try to make this place function better.
1: Always appreciate it, sir. We'll uh, we'll reach out soon. Thanks for coming on. Sounds great. Thanks, Chad.